Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. I'm your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you ever wanted to hit us up for any reason, if you wanted to come on the podcast, if you wanted to hear a new topic, if you just wanted to let us know that you're out there, uh, hit us up on our Instagram or our Twitter or X, however you want to call it, uh, at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast. Uh, if you wanted to donate to the podcast, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Pod. There's a couple tiers there you can join if you ever did like or if you do like the podcast uh please rate it and share uh like i said if you share with one friend we can double the podcast overnight so again thank you so much for being here i really appreciate each and every one of you and i'm again always excited to to be here and have a little chat with y'all um it's been a, a topic I've been kind of wanting to talk about a lot and it's something that's been coming up more and more lately in, in conversation with everyone and just the world seems to be uh, facing this new issue you know as as it always does you know don't get me wrong the past few years have been a lot harder than than most but you know there seems to always be something kind of that that the world happens to be looking down the barrel at or at least it seems that way in my lifetime, at least. But what I wanted to talk about, and and it was a reason why I kind of it took me a long time to to finally put this pen to paper here, um, and and actually make this make this episode is that I never really had like a name for kind of what was happening, right? Because you know we talking we're talking we talk about recessions, we talk about all kinds of things like that, we talk about. Um, you know, economic crises, things like that. And, and kind of during COVID and kind of during all this, all this stuff, we, we knew that we were probably going to be looking down the barrel of a financial crisis. You know, even if you look at, you know, old dystopian novels, 1984, or whatever the matrix or whatever, there seems to be this like financial collapse that happens at some point and, or austerity measures that have to be put in place and, and you know everyone is rationed their food and no one's getting proper health care and things like this right like it's it's getting freaky because again like we always talk about arts imitating life or life's imitating art and we're seeing all these predictions made by scholars and made by authors and writers start to kind of come true in a super weird way and you know i always used to kind of subscribe to the fact that, you know, I think Huxley and, um, uh, oh my gosh, the guy who wrote 1984, um, or Orville, no, Orwell, holy shit, sorry about that, everyone, I always thought Huxley and, or and Orwell's, like, take of the what the future might hold, you know, obviously, Huxley's Brave New World, and, and George Orwell's 1984, they were kind of both sides of the same coin. They were kind of telling the same story of what the future might hold. And, and Orwell was obviously taking this much more censored approach that big brother exists. And there will always be these people kind of keeping you down. You can't trust anyone. There's paranoia and lack of resources and, and ways out glass ceilings and people who are in the know and people who aren't. 
And then Huxley obviously was, it was this other kind of view of that the future will be bright and shiny, but lack any real feeling. There won't be anything really there. And that's going to be the true hell is that we're going to be so distracted by pleasures and toys and, and the so-called, the so-called, again, pleasures of life that are being sold to you and being told to you. And in fact, being indoctrinated in you from birth. So you're potentially enjoying it in this weird, vapid way, but you're enjoying it nonetheless, yet you're a slave to that system. And the people who actually, in Huxley's world, the people who actually live outside that world, who are having children and, and living the toils and, and fighting life, those are the people who are actually truly living life. And yes, maybe there's ups and downs, but that's where life exists. And that's true <clears throat> to nature. So, but that being said, more and more, I feel like we're, we're, we're drifting into this kind of more Orwellian atmosphere. Um, but again, the name given to this whole kind of, you know, crises that's kind of surrounding our worlds, um, financial worlds, you know, economic, you know, economic worlds, I guess, obviously it's kind of redundant, but, you know, even just our general purview of, of what we have access to anymore, cultural, you know, our access to food, uh, our access to, uh, the, the little extras in life. If, if any of us get hit with a fucking bill, it, it, you know, uh, unexpected car, uh, trouble or, what what have you who knows all the all the things that could happen in life we're fucked and i heard this i heard this coin the other day and then i looked up this article that was really well done i'll be pulling a lot from that today but what it's called is the silent depression and the reason they call it a silent depression is the fact that a, no one's really talking about it as such. Everyone's really, I think, A, the media is, is really scared to throw the depression, the D word around um, in, in any sense, the word, but also that <clears throat> no one really understands, comparably, comparably speaking to the Great Depression, how much actually worse we are than the average American or North American in 1930. So the article I'll be pulling a lot from is uh, an article, or, or an article written by um, Samantha Panashevitz, <clears throat> and again, she she does a really really good job at kind of like outlining that comparison, and that's what we're really going to be talking about today because obviously the cost of living is up, the cost of living has increased much more than, you know, the cost of living, quote unquote, um, the, that, that we're told and that we get the whatever 5%, 6%, whatever raise on the year. And that's like not the fucking case because things have gone up exp exponentially. A lot of shit that went up during COVID that was like, oh, it's going to be more expensive just because COVID and supply chain, supply chain. Oh my God, remember hearing that all the time? All that shit hasn't fucking changed still the same wages are down cost of living is up 
And that's what, and it's actually worse than it was at the height of the Great Depression. <clears throat> now, again, like I said, obviously this article is a little bit U.S. focused, but the Great Depression very much mirrored the Canadian experience. Like the U.S. experience and the Canadian experience weren't that much different. They're obviously inextricably linked. Again, I know I have listeners all over the world, but North America is pretty tight as far as how things work. I mean, I know Mexico is is Mexico, but NAFTA includes them too, right? So like, again, there's, there's North America is kind of one big thing. And again, the Great Depression was, was a worldwide economic shock. So everyone, everyone was feeling it. Everyone was feeling it. Um, all these stats are hundred percent Google. Like you can Google You can go to Google and check out all these stats. Uh, you can search them up. They're really easy to find. Um, but each single one, every single one of them is true. Um, so to put in, to put into perspective, kind of what we're dealing with here. And again, the, the comparison between, 1930s 1930s America and in 2023 America is that in 1930 the average annual income of a single American was around forty eight hundred dollars. Uh, now accounting for inflation, that's eighty five thousand dollars to for today. Eighty five thousand dollars was the average income of a single American, not a single American family home, one American. Uh, currently, 2023, $56,000 is the average American income. Now, averages are tough. Averages are always going to be tough to pull and extrapolate from because obviously you have some people that are probably making <clears throat> next to zero because there's quite a large housing crisis and therefore an <clears throat> employment crisis. Um, but currently, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 59000 uh, dollars a year is the average for Canadians. So, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone. So obviously, we're talking major difference. And yeah, I know inflation is is tough as well. But if we're even if we're even close, eighty five thousand dollars was nineteen thirty in the fucking Great Depression. So something's got to give. Now again. Wages are down. Wages are down. But the cost of goods are up. Groceries, for instance. Now, don't get me wrong. I could probably do a whole fucking episode on groceries. But there, it's astronomical. It's it, Prices keep going up. We're getting gouged. Chicken's fucking nuts. We're getting gouged on bread. Bread is crazy. Like, I was talking to my friends at work today. We were talking about, like, Dollarama right now prices. So Dollarama is a, a dollar store here um, in the area. You can go shop there and buy everything you need for like next to half the price of everything. Same exact product, but just getting friggin' shafted. So like, what are we talking about here? Why? Why am I paying a dollar fifty for uh, a, a loaf of bread at Dollarama and it's three bucks at? Fortino's or whatever. Who knows? Fortino's probably even more. Galen Weston, motherfucker. So this is what we're talking about here. At least double of the same product. Doesn't make any sense. 
1930, gas was 10 cents per gallon, about two cents per liter. Two cents. Two fucking cents. Not a dollar two. two. One two cents. Which works out to about $1.73 per gallon uh, with inflation. Which which $1.73 per gallon is, is about how much we're paying about for a liter these days. Average price of gas in the U.S. right now in 2023, $3.55 a gallon. About a hundred, a uh, hundred, about a dollar seventy per liter in Canada. Brutal gas, man. Like we're getting shafted every sense of the word. How are we supposed to go? In? And like our, our talk about North America, our whole fucking continent is based on the car. It's the only way we can get around. It doesn't make sense that gas is so fucking shysty and, and our dollar is inextricably linked to it why should shouldn't gas be like one of the cheapest things out there it's the only way we can get around man and there's there's limits like that it's so fucking nefarious and so greasy like what the hell are the car companies doing and the motor companies and the oil companies and all these bastards that are fucking lobbying the government and building low ass bridges so that buses can't go places in New York State and shit like that. And like uh, p- putting places out that are so far out in the boonies that there's no chance you're ever walking to them. You have to get a car. Why don't we have trains, man? Europe, fucking trains everywhere. Public transit, accessibility, bring everybody up. Rising tide raises all ships. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? And the gas, we're gouging, and it's just less and less. People are getting rid of their cars, and it's harder to get to and fro. They're having to choose their job. They're having to move places. They're having to do all these things just because fucking gas is expensive. It's fucking crazy. In the height of the Great Depression, average new car was $860, which is about 15 grand today. 15 grand for a new car. Not Brad. Today, average U.S. dollar price, $48,000. $48,000 is the average new car Kelly Blue Book value. How are people... Again, it all all ties back to fucking cars. Electric cars, too, can suck. Fuck it. It's like the only way you can get around, man. And it's it's limiting, and it's exclusionary, and and it fucking... It puts people at disadvantage. And people have to fight and scrape and sell their last their last thing so that they can just pay off a bloody car that's going to break down because the goddamn thing's made out of shit. So tell me how you really feel. Homes. Homes. Don't even get me started. Brand new houses. Good luck. But any type of house in 1930, average price was 39,000, sorry, $3,900, which works out to about 70 grand to today. $70,000 with inflation. It's wild. 70 grand. Average home. Grab yourself a home. Imagine what 100 grand could get you. Whoa, watch out. Today, average price of the home in, in the US is $416,000. Average price in Canada is $704,000. How the hell are people supposed to afford homes? And the problem is this inflation, shrinkflation, whatever you want to call it, price hikes, all this shit, it affects the middle and lower classes the most. The people who want to be buying these homes are getting affected the most by all this fucking bullshit. And the middle class 
is the smallest it's ever been and it's what actually drives the economy. It's shrinking. The up the people are just trying to fucking jump ship up to the upper class, which is great. It's great that we have upward mobility in North America. It's a, it's a miracle. It's it's amazing that we have upward mobility. But what comes what goes up must come down. There's a lot of people going down, but a lot of people are going into the fucking lower class and like the poverty line. People are are plummeting over that line, and it's scary. People losing their homes, losing their jobs, losing their lives. Because they don't know where to go. They don't know any other out. They're in debt. They're, the walls are closing in. And again, the middle class drives the, the entire economy. It brings up the lower class. And it allows the upper class to do their fucking thing and live on their tax break. Or not tax breaks, but like, you know what I'm talking about. Live off their fucking things and not have to worry about shit. Because again, we're driving things. Put money in, put money into um, social social projects and shit like that. So, treating us like this and treating us like fucking dog shit, and again, this is probably going to be the first generation that makes like significantly less than their parents on on the average, right? Because all your all your money has to go to these bills and go to just keeping yourself alive and a roof over your head. And again, one one little other expense, the whole thing comes fucking crumbling down. You can't put savings away. Fucking savings. Oh my God. Barely. I'm lucky. I'm lucky I was able to to, to have parents that have been, helped me as, as well and and been able to, c- to contribute financially to, to things and help me with school and help me with a lot of things. But there's so many people out there that that don't have that and that are uh, that are struggling in retirement and investing. People don't think like mo- a lot of people my age and younger, they don't need, they don't think about that. You can't. There's no way or you're perfectly set and you don't ever have to think about it because your your life is already made out for you. Your parents did so well or your family did so well that you don't even have to worry about it. You came into a job and you came into a place where everything is great, right? Um, but that's, those people are few and far between. Like, that's such a small portion of our, of our population. And then there's so many people that have none of that. Zero. No parents. No nothing that, that are able to, to help them out and give them guidance and send them to a place. You know, yes, again, there's upward mobility, but there's also... People that just get stuck in a rut and they don't learn and they can't get out of it and they can't figure out a way out of things. And again, like frivolous spending is frivolous spending. Don't get me wrong. But right now in the beer industry, which I work in, (coughs) things are down on the whole about 21%. That's domestic sales too. That's fucking Labatt sales I think are down like, or like domestic big macro breweries are down like 7% and and uh, import sales are down like 21%. <clears throat> it's insane. People, don't, when they don't have money, they're not going to spend it on things that they would consider frivolous. And unfortunately, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever are, are, are frivolous. Yeah. Don't get me wrong in a certain way, but in, in another way, it's a, it's a way for people to relax and don't get me wrong. I don't want to ever, like I've always said, I don't want to ever advocate anything but responsible 
drug taking in in any shape of the in any shape or form but that's less people going out and having fun social interactions blowing off steam just enjoying life because there's so much more to life than just fucking paying your bills and doing things like yes it would be amazing if we could just live in a world where we could have a, a universal basic income that could take care of people's base needs and who knows if that was a possibility which I don't think from what I've heard and again I'm not an economist I don't really understand how all the ins and outs of it a universal basic income could just raise that that level of of you know Maslow's needs or whatever the hierarchy of needs right just like shelter and food and everything is such a base need that people are barely sneaking out of right and if we can just if we can start getting people out of that out of that mode into the higher higher levels of consciousness higher levels of feeling comfortable and feeling your needs met we can start getting into places where where we can in enter a, a, a realm of of higher consciousness higher thought higher learning understanding each other better because we're not in this fucking flight or flight mode where we're worrying about where we're going to get our next meal we can all come together and realize, hey, yes, human beings are all different. We have all different sets of abilities. We have all different sets of capabilities. But when we when we all come to that same level, on that same level playing field, there are ways that we can use everyone's talents, even those people who, again, not everyone's going to get along with everyone because that's how life is. But again, if we can if we can get to a place of understanding, we can put people in, in, in places where they thrive and we can push this thing forward, right? Like, there's so much more to the earth and the world and where we are than the economy, right? Like, there's there's a chance that we can, again, explore, like Bill Hicks says, explore inner and outer, outer space together. It's infinite. The places we can go are are, are infinite. And, and, and where we can take ourselves, if we lead with love and we can lead with positivity, all these things come come along with it and it just and it increases and we can get away from war and we can get away from famine and we can get away from all these things that hold us down and that that prevent us from living again true happiness and and love and contentedness and who knows if this is just an ideal i don't know i'd love to be there there's been glimpses of it everyone has had glimpses and feelings of that nirvana and if we can get to that place who knows what the next step is? Because there's a drive. We always have this drive. We always have this this innate feeling of once we get to a next level, where's the next level and where's the next level? And who knows? Maybe that's just an infinite drive. That Sisyphus, Sisyphean myth of pushing the rock up and down the hill. Maybe that isn't, maybe that shouldn't be viewed as a negative and shouldn't be viewed as something that's that's just a toil and, and a, a useless activity. It is... a, a a microcosm of what the light of what life is what the universe is and if we can continue pushing that rock and do anything we can to not allow it to go back and just keep pushing forward and pushing with love and positivity and 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 going forward into the future i think only positive things can happen and we can explore this vast universe we're such a small speck of of dust on a, in a moat a mode of dust on and suspended in the sunbeam we're so insignificant in the vast space of of the universe but because we're part of that universe we are just as significant as the universe itself 
And I think there's this negative self-talk and this overall self-esteem issue that's happening because everyone is struggling. And I think that just, it, it just dims the light of the universe and it just brings that, that, that energy down. And I think if, again, even in small increments, we can just make moves, let, let that person in traffic, you know, buy the, you know, put a, put a, a, a coin in the, in that person's cup because that person who's begging for money is you and you are me and we are all, t- all together because that is life because we are all reflections of, of ourselves. And with all this fucking silent depression shit going on, it ain't a fucking far step from the limo to the gutter. Always remember that. Some famous drummer said that. I wish I remembered who, but again, I'll leave that with y'all. Think about it. Let me know what you think in the comments. Hit me up again on the DMs, on the Twitter, on the Instagram, at the Big Mark Pod, at the Big Mark Pod, at the Big Mark Podcast. Wherever you are, whoever you are, thank you for listening. Share with your friends. Hit us up on the Patreon. DM us. Like the video. Subscribe. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Peace.